How does this affect the beaver? Super Hyper Local Sunday with Brian Suits. Well, we start with breaking news from Hollywood. People stabbed. It uh, looks like we're coming to a stop out here. The door is open. This guy is getting out of the vehicle. He's got a gun. What? Oh, he's got a gun. He has got a gun. It's not going to end well. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is not going to end very well. That's right? why I'm voting for Eric Garcetti. Super Hyper Local Sunday with Brian Suits on KFI. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. It is Super Hyper Local Sunday. Brian Suits in here until 10 p.m. with absolutely everything that's happened here in the Southland that affects the 19 million of us that live from Santa Barbara south to the San Diego. So uh, stay tuned. We have our our uh, normal quota of uh, uh, shootings, uh, hit and runs, uh, and as well as stupidity, some really outstanding stupidity. And though it's not very super hyper-local, we may have to extend tonight's show to San Jose, where a pair of student teachers, both 23 years old, and on the, on the uh, I forget what that scale is, where they measure peppers, the uh, oh, the, the hot stuff. <laughs> it's got a name. Anyway, they broke it in, individually, but put together, they broke it. And Scoville these sales. these Scoville, the yeah. Scoville, yeah. and these two student teachers at the age of twenty three decided to sully the uh, the bodies of some sixteen and seventeen year old boys in high school. That they are they are a whopping uh, five years older. Gross. And so, anyway, we'll get to that if if we have time, and if you all pull over to the side of the road and you put your kids to bed. Otherwise, we're not touching this story because it's just gross. It's just horrible what happened there. For whom? Yeah, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> um, and so the the uh, oh, I turned my kids down. Yeah. So the uh, yeah. There's the jury. <laughs> so there's there's the available jury pool up there in uh, Santa Clara County. I put it to you, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. First of all, Santa Carla football rules. Yeah! And secondly, anyway. Um, so, happy Father's Day, everybody. Um, we had a really, really happy Father's Day. We did stuff and junk. And uh, and I can confirm what Michael Chappé said. Uh, Incredibles 2 uh, is too incredible. <laughs> Was it, it that funny, though? It is good. Yeah. It, it, it is really good. Uh, and 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 I, I do want to see it again. Like I've seen The Incredibles a million times. Will your daughter go again? Probably. And and I just want to just word of warning for people out there: if you don't know what D box is, there is in in a lot of uh, AMC theaters and in others, they will put a dedicated like two or three row section in every theater um, in in the complex of seats that are called D box. And I forgot what the D stands for. But I mean, I'm assuming it's douche. But but the deal is, the the seat vibrates and shakes in coordination with what's happening on the screen. And so we we were we were going to see the movie on Saturday at 1:45, and I'm checking online. It's all sold out except for the D box rows, which are expensive. They're very they're like 19 bucks even in a matinee for for the for those seats. They wouldn't be glasses with an no, animator, would they? No, they're no. not 3D. You, you can go to a 3D theater uh, and then sit in the D-box seats and get that experience, too. You can have, you know, 4D uh, and all that plus the 3D. But we went to a regular theater, and the only seats available were 
the D-Box seats. And and so I said to my, I made the mistake of saying to my daughter, and this is the part where I warned parents, if you've never done this, <clears throat> don't throw it out to your kids. Don't, don't say, kids, the only seats that are available are D-Box. Because then they say, what's D-Box? And instead of you saying, it's that amazingly distracting, annoying kind of seating that really wears out after the first 10 minutes. You're now just being shaken violently for no reason in the movie, and you're paying for it. If you tell your kids that, they'll go, yes, yes, we want that. In fact, they will actually go, yeah. And so we we did the D-Box thing, and you can turn it down and all the way off, or you can turn it. Oh, you can. Yeah. But now you're paying 19 bucks for a matinee seat that it doesn't even recline. And it and because you just you paid for it, now you turned the vibrations off. And so what it does, like in the movie, if there's people in a car uh, or people running or whatever, it gives it it gives you a corresponding side to side motion, front back, you know, whatever. It's like being in a really high end flight simulator or something like that. And of course, my wife and I were over it in the first 10 minutes. It's just like I say. It's just it's like it's like a it's like a gigantic kid sitting behind you in a movie theater, kicking his feet off your chair. Everything that annoys you about someone doing that, you're now paying for. It's not augmenting the experience. Not really. And and sometimes it was gratuitous. Sometimes they're like they're sitting at the dining table, just looking left and right at each other. And the seat, for some reason, is I don't know. Is it do people uh, dine violently? Well, they have superpowers and they're strong. I, and I guess. So so we I turned mine down, all the way down. And meanwhile, but here's you know here's the important thing is. Our daughter's going crazy. She thinks this is the absolute best way to ever see a movie of all time ever. Uh, who would who would ever sit in a seat that doesn't do anything from this point forward? So I'm just warning parents, if you don't know what D-Box is and you say, let's give it a shot, just don't do it. Just hold out for the next show, sit in a regular seat, and save the money. You know, like I say, what in a matinee, what should have been a $10 ticket was a $19 ticket for something that we turned off. So that's so I was scarred. I'm not going to lie. I was scarred a bit. It, uh, it, it ruined Father's Day, um, sort of ruined it. But uh, that was yesterday. I, ha- I did have a good Father's Day, a really, really good Father's Day. So as, as usual, whenever we want to do something fun, it winds up driving to Tehachapi. So we did, uh, we did that today and uh, had a lot of fun with, uh, with the offspring. So a good, good Father's Day. Uh, well, you know who had a good Father's Day, or should I say uh, Dia de la Padre, would be the Mexican national uh, football team. And so you know what that means? It means there's a Pacoima party. There ain't no party like a Pacoima party. The Pacoima party is not going to alto. Fan frenzy and some arrests too. Mexico's stunning win brings out World Cup excitement and police to L.A. streets. CBS News' Adriana Weingold is live in Pacoima, where some fans actually... If you don't know this, the World Cup of the kicking of the ball is happening in Russia right now. The United States is not in it. I couldn't care less. I couldn't be prouder of my country oh. for not being in the World Cup. They're, they're Weltcup Fußball Mein Gesellschaft, as they say in Germany. Couldn't care less. Could not care less. It's not a sport. I'm, it's been the fastest-growing sport oh. since 1972. Um, and uh, but but Mexico is in the, the World Cup. They're in a group with Germany today. They faced off with the World Cup favorites, Germany. It is the old joke that the World Cup is nothing more than twenty-two men running around in shorts, and then Germany wins. Um, well, today Germany, no es bueno, uh, did did not win. Mexico wins one zero, and it's, of course it's everything I dislike about soccer. 
All the scoring happened in the first 10 minutes. 80 minutes later of men rolling around entirely too much after getting nudged. Uh, and Mexico wins. So I'm happy for, for Mexico. I, I knew it would be a zoo in Pacoima. So we'll pick the story up when we come back. But that that is, and, and, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Soccer paid for my wife's college. She went to a high-end private college. Soccer paid for her college. That's awesome. What position she play? Whatever. The person who stands there and stops the ball. Oh, goalie. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, and and pay for college, you know? And so it's great. You know, if our daughter can do that, that's terrific. But I'm sorry, if I nudge you, you are not justified in rolling about 50 feet and then grab you. You had better have suffered a career-ending injury. And the NFL... For the Shakespearean drama these guys do on soccer fields in the NFL, that better be your final play in professional football for, for the drama these dudes do. Yeah, so. it look, looks like they lost a leg, you know, the, oh, the, yeah. the screaming and the agony Oh, in the and face. a minute later, oh, of course, they get up with the aid of their friends, of their compadres, and they, they live, they, somehow they make it to the edge of the field, and then they recover, and then they shake it off, rub some dirt on it. Rub some uh, some light cream it's, sauce. It's all, about, it. it's all about tactics because you want the other guy to and get a yellow card. That's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. I know why they do it because the sport rewards them for faking those gigantic uh, colloquialism for cat injuries. It's just, please. Uh, back in a minute. Uh, more out of Pacoima and the LAPD uh, riot police versus the Mexican national team. That and more coming up. It is Super Hyper Local Sunday. Brian Suits in here until 10 p.m. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Michael Chappé with the news. more stimulating talk. It is Super Hyper Local Sunday. Everything that you need to know to win your hot hanging Monday, which is going to be happening tomorrow. Here in the middle of June bloom all weekend long. Nice respite from the uh, the heat from from uh, last week. Yeah, it's coming back too. I know. I, I like the clouds. I like the clouds. Me, me, I like lamp. I love lamp. And so, um, but it's going away. Well, uh, before we get to uh, gang shooting and the guy with the bong full of acetone wiping your checks, um, let's get back to Pacoima. So uh, Mexico defeats uh, heavily favored Germany uh, today in, uh, in Moscow, and the Pacoima party kicks off uh, right, right around 10 a.m. Uh, as it was clear that Germany was not going to, um, once again, Germany turned back in Moscow. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Mexico was going to prevail. So the party spilled under the streets of Pacoima. Got out of control. Adriana? Yeah, that's right. The fans gathered here at Van Nuys and Laurel Canyon, but the crowd got a little bit too big, a little bit out of control, and the LAPD had to swoop in and shut it down. You can see behind me, there are still several units out here keeping an eye on things. Units. It was a big day for Mexico's soccer fans who didn't expect to win the game against Germany and went crazy when they did. Hundreds of people or filled the streets of Pacoima, waving flags, screaming. But here's the thing. My boy up at Toluca Mart in Toluca Lake yesterday, I asked him, how about this game tomorrow? Tomorrow, And he said, we're going to win because Germany's a weak team. And I said, are they, are they really? He said, aren't they always like the best ever? And he said, yeah, not this year. He said, we're, gonna, we're actually going to win. 
And uh, so <clears throat> not only was there uh, hooting and hollering in Pacoima. Celebrating Mexico's As win. seen here. Completely shocked the whole planet, but obviously not us. Look around. This is what we do. We just come here to celebrate, have some fun, and uh, happens to be, you know, it gets out of house sometimes. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah, people are doing donuts and the whole thing. the roadway with drivers ignoring speed limits and traffic laws. The honking of the horns. and getting dangerously close to the partiers. So you, you get the point. And, of course, this is Sunday morning at 10.30, 11 a.m. Uh, I checked similar scenes in uh, in Bakersfield, similar scenes in Fresno. Uh, and and because I was I, I sort of was joking to my wife and I said oh yeah Pacoima is going to go crazy well it was like El Monte and San Bernardino and parts other parts of the 909 and then like you say up in Fresno uh, and Bakersfield Modesto uh, and and uh, the whole thing and then Ventura County uh, because you know Mexico's in the World Cup and the United States is not so uh, that's how that works but the, a thing that I was thinking is. Uh, you know what mitigated this is that the, the, Moscow's 10 hours ahead of us. So this game was at, it started at 8 a.m. our time. Right. So the drinking started about 5. Well, I mean, if I got to say, my hat, my, my, my hat is off to the Mexican national team fans. If they got up at 5 a.m. on a Saturday morning to start, pardon me, on a Sunday morning to start their drinking, then by golly, they are honorary Cougars. They're honorary Washington State Cougars. And, and, uh, um, but that probably is the reason that it was could have been uglier, but it was not because this is we're talking about 10 a.m. So I mean, believe me, I have loads of practice from college, getting started at 4 a.m. or just not stopping from Saturday night, slowing down, playing some pool, then starting back up at 5 a.m. for for the big game. Um, you know, it's really hard to get that drunk by 10 a.m. That, that you start making those really awesome life choices. <laughs> like, I wonder if cop windows are cinder block proof, you know, yeah. or, or things like that. And that win was not a fluke. <clears throat> they deserved it. No, they did. They, they, uh, they uh, attacked the Germans, and I know nothing about soccer, but my, I'm, I am um, I'm, I'm very well informed by my wife that the Mexicans played uh, a better team brand of soccer, and the Germans looked feckless and uh, the whole thing. Right. Mexicans were speedy fast, and the Germans were trying to do set everything up, and it's like, no, that's not going to work. And so the, the so the deal is, the next game for Mexico is uh, against South Korea next Saturday, the twenty third, uh, and again it's an eight a.m. game, and so and these are the group games. If Mexico and apparently all these European sources are now saying that yeah, Mexico looked really good; it wasn't a fluke. And if that's what they can do to Germany, then they very well, very much have a chance to make it out of that group and, and make an impact. And and so going forward, if the LAPD is not smart enough to have the FIFA World Cup app and just look at the the upcoming <laughs> schedules, they better they better uh, get a heads up on that. But I mean, just imagine if this if this game had been anywhere near the Western Hemisphere, and the game ended at 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. Uh, look, we're we're in the land of the Lakers. Are you we, saying after dark? Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I we we know what happens when the Lakers win a championship after sundown. We become Weartown. We become the lycanthrope, Los Los Angewolf, you know. And and everyone suspends personal responsibility. The whole thing. So for LAPD, that's the good news. Is that is that the ten hour time difference means that these games that are late afternoon in, in Moscow are early morning here. So so you you, you got people who are not at full complete drunkenness yet so you, you got that going so anyway <clears throat> i and by the way again I, I i couldn't care less about soccer i do like the excitement of the fans and all that stuff so i i, I would like to see mexico just upend the world cup 
and and uh, at least some Mexican players have two names, like the dude from Brazil, Neymar, Willan, and all that. It's like, what does anyone in Brazil have a last name? But uh, no, at least the Mexican team have uh, have a first and last name. Uh, so there's that. So that'll that'll be fun. Uh, and of course, uh, because we here at KFI are continuing to extend our our uh, warm arms of embrace to our uh, our esteemed Hispanic listeners. Uh, we'll be back right after this. It is uh, the Super Hyper Local Sunday. Brian Suits in here till 10 p.m. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Michael Chappé with the news. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. It is Super Hyper Local Sunday. Brian Suits in here till 10 p.m. And uh, I just thought of something. Uh, if you uh, are not watching uh, the World Cup or you don't know or you're in LAPD leadership and uh, you're not paying attention here. Okay, so today Mexico beats Germany, 10 a.m. LAPD called a uh, uh, attack alert and had you know guys in riot gear there at Van Nuys in... Osborne? No, uh, <clears throat> Laurel Canyon and Van Nuys. People are doing donuts, you know, big, huge, you know, street parades and the whole thing. People spilling out of bars. So LAPD saw fit to treat it, you know, like an unlawful assembly, brought riot police out there. They shoved people down the road, this whole thing. So you know what happens when Mexico wins. Next Saturday at 8 a.m., Mexico plays South Korea. So we're in a really unique position. I just realized this. Here in Los Angeles, we're in a really unique position because we have an ass load of the Mexicans and the South Koreans. So I'm wondering, now that you know what happened, um, what's going to happen next Saturday? Will there be an equal amount of LAPD riot police in Koreatown prepositioned, or will they only be in Pacoima? Um, I, every once in a while, I love poking the politically correct bear. And I gotta say, um, if LAPD prepositions a bunch of officers in Pacoima again, and they don't in Koreatown, then um, I I would be muy caliente under the collar. I would say, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. So the Mexicans riot, but the Koreans don't? What's that deal? So, uh, by the way, good luck getting your table bus next Saturday in Koreatown. Um, So... Uh, the the because you know, keep in mind, the Koreatown and the residents of Koreatown have felt like they've been getting pooped on by uh, LA City Council and Mayor Garcetti by the the automatic taking a bite of the poop apple and getting a homeless shelter in Koreatown. When when the residents there are like, why why us? Why, we, you know we why why are you penalizing us? Because that's what it is, and they're rising up. So I and and if you don't know this, Koreans north or south doesn't matter. Koreans are an extremely proud people, and so, uh, I, but I, I don't, I just, me, because I'm not LAPD, I don't have to check the politically correct box, I don't see the people of Koreatown rioting, or not, not, not I, I don't even, what happened to Pacoima was not a riot, it was just a boisterous celebration. I don't see the people of Koreatown doing that if Korea beats Mexico, but, but the deal is, the optics of this are LAPD prepositions Tack alert, riot cops in Pacoima, but they don't do it in Koreatown. So just keep an eye on that for next Saturday, and we'll uh, we'll see. I just I want really uncomfortable questions 
asked of the new chief uh, and our uh, our current mayor uh, and uh, and other things. Uh, fatal shooting of a man in Compton, uh, believed to be gang-related. Homicide detectives are investigating a fatal shooting of a man that took place uh, last night in Compton. Uh, right before midnight, 11 p.m., L.A. County Sheriff's Department deputies responded to the 900 block of North Rose Avenue. Here's what went down, as the popo say. Uh, when they arrived, deputies found an African-American man who was suffering from what appeared to be at least one gunshot uh, wound to his body. The man was transported to a nearby hospital. He was pronounced dead. Um, the statement by L.A. Sheriff's Department said, quote, homicide investigators responded to the location where they learned there was a large party at the, the location. Numerous individuals began arguing and a shooting ensued, close quote. Now, here's the shocker. Investigators believe this was a gang-related incident. But wait, there's more. No information about a possible suspect was available. So police continue to sift for clues on that one. And um, we'll just uh, we'll put this one aside. And I just have a weird feeling that the epilogue will be written probably uh, next Friday or Saturday, just uh, if past his prologue. Uh, meanwhile, in Carson, uh, an investigation was underway after a woman was found shot to death in Carson early Sunday morning. According to L.A. County Sheriff's Department, deputies and fire personnel uh, responded 1.30 a.m. <clears throat> uh, this morning uh, to Town Avenue after receiving a call about a person down. Uh, they found a Hispanic woman suffering from what appeared to be at least one gunshot wound to her body. The victim was pronounced dead at the scene. Uh, her identity was not released. Officials said there was no description of the shooter. So we are 0 for 2 on uh, descriptions of uh, the uh, the trigger man. Um, one of the weirdest stories, well, I, I shouldn't say that, the not, not weird, uh, but just a scratch in, in and a, a peephole into the world of identity theft happened today. <clears throat> so, uh, pardon me, not today, but on uh, Friday afternoon. Riverside, California is where we make our scene. 21-year-old Kane Herrera is sitting in his automobile. And he's uh, honking the meth off of his steering wheel or something or the forehead of his infant son or whatever people are doing these days. Deputies contact him, or pardon me, police contact him, and they see that he's snorting a white, uh, a white powder, and he has a bong in the car. And the bong is filled with a blue liquid. But the bong is not filled with a blue liquid that's water. The bong is filled with acetone. He's using the bong to transport acetone. What's he using the acetone for? Well, there's a double cup holder in his center armrest. And in that double cup holder is the answer to our mystery and a little bit of insight into the world of identity theft. When we come back, what was Kane Herrera wiping? Uh, that and more right after this. It is uh, the Super Hyper Local Sunday. Brian Suits in here until 10 p.m. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Michael Chappé with the news. Six forty more stimulating talk. It is super hyper local Sunday. Brian sits in here until ten p.m. Okay, who mails checks anymore? This is I the, the the entire identity theft industry is based on the fact that some of you are writing checks, physical checks, 
and putting them in that little envelope, mailing it back to DirecTV or whatever. So you're paying for the internet with a physical check. That's what's effect- effectively going on here. So you trust the internet? Uh, a, a more, well, listen to what 21-year-old Kane Herrera was doing. So there he is doing his meth in his car, and he has a bong full of acetone. He's poured some of the acetone. This is Riverside uh, on Friday. He was booked into jail on suspicion of forgery slash altering checks, possession of stolen, identity theft, and drug violations. Uh, this is according to Riverside PD. Uh, the PD said an officer was patrolling the 8700 block of Trout Wine Road in Orange Crest around 7.30 a.m. when he noticed a man sitting in the driver's seat of a black Acura sedan parked behind the Dollar Tree. The officer approached the car, spoke with the driver, and noticed several pieces of mail on the man's lap and what appeared to be methamphetamine on the armrest, according to uh, the, uh, the arrest report. But, but wait, there's more. And by the way, you're, that's already enough to be hooked up anywhere, even in California. The agency, the agency said the officer detained the subject and continued to investigate the vehicle where he found a bong, which is a device for smoking marijuana, uh, containing a personal check submerged in acetone. He found a bong that had a check from someone's mail stuffed in it because there was acetone in the bong. Investigators believe the man used the liquid to wash away ink from checks, a dry check where the suspect has, had written his name, and a, quote, large sum, close quote, of money was discovered in the car, according to the department. The officer also, fo- <clears throat> also reported finding credit and identification cards, passports, more checks, and DMV documents. The mail belonged to nearly 100 residents in Riverside and neighboring cities, according to the police department. Um, so we all, you know, we all hear about identity theft and sort of the boogeyman is supposed to be unsecure internet, or maybe you didn't hide your pin. Uh, you know, a scam these days is that people will sit there with a, you know, 12 megapixel smartphone camera and they'll take a, a, a shot of your debit card as you're running it at a store. So they get the numbers on the card if you flip it around, and then they'll video your hand motion so they get the pin uh, and all that. That's why I have a new PayPal credit card that does not have an imprint of the number of the, on the front. It's all on the back. Um, but th- this guy, this is not identity theft, um, you know, electronically or whatever. What this guy was doing was the old-fashioned drive around a neighborhood and pull out mail that is going to SoCal Edison DirecTV, Verizon, AT&T, anything that if you're mailing that back, it means there's a check in it. So he was taking those, anything with Department of State, anything with a DMV, any, anything uh, uh, arriving in your mailbox from the federal uh, or the state government, anything going out of your mailbox um, to a uh, check processing center. He was pulling that out, and then he was taking the physical paper check, and he was dipping it in acetone, which uh, preserves the ink on the check, but it dissolves the ballpoint ink or whatever kind of pen you used to write that check. So now... Isn't there a way a bank to, can, can sniff that out really quick? Guess not. That's just crazy. <clears throat> I guess not. And, and I'm not sure if he was leaving the signature of the check writer uh, or if he was taking a picture of it or, or forging it or whatever, but he was just rewriting that check 
with a larger amount of money and then cashing it somewhere at a cash checking place. So we were curious, producer uh, Joey Murata and I were curious about, well, you know, where do you find out how to do this? Oh, of course it's on YouTube. Right. It's all over freaking YouTube. How to how to wipe a check or how to add a zero and and uh, the the different handheld pens you can use that will actually erase ballpoint uh, ink. So I, you know, here here's all I'm saying is I, I haven't mailed a physical check, I think, in years. I will every once in a while. Uh, if I am going by a SoCal Edison, that's the only thing I pay by check is SoCal Edison. Um, I will hand that to the guy, uh, and and that's it. Um, at a counter somewhere. Yeah, yeah, or maybe at Vons or whatever. I just rarely write checks. And and I, I prefer to do that thing where you take a picture of a voided check, and that's now going to be your auto debit you know, with with wire, you know, with internet or whatever, but but uh, uh, no, hell no. And my dad was my dad right up until he died, mailed physical checks. And even though he was on a he was an FAA retired guy, and he was supposed to be getting direct deposit for his pension, he wanted that physical check from the U.S. Treasury with the Statue of Liberty on the far right. He liked taking a physical check down to the bank and putting it in his account he was he was a child of the depression and he he mailed checks uh, for his payments for whatever and and then he sat there he had one of those checkbooks with the ledger on it you know and he immediately updated the ledger uh and the whole thing he didn't trust online banking uh, um wasn't even a huge fan of of uh you know debit cards or, or whatever but uh no all like all i can say is <clears throat> you know i'm gonna take a wild stab in that this guy uh, targeted a neighborhood, and Riverside has a bunch of. Uh, Riverside's a lot like Pasadena in that it has some really beautiful, classic old neighborhoods. There's a main drag in Riverside that just looks like you know old old time 1950s America. Just beautiful, beautiful old neighborhoods in Riverside, and you know that a lot of those residents, just like here in Burbank, are in their 80s and 90s, and they're just like my dad. And that if the little flag is up on their mailbox, it means that something's going out and that something is probably um, a check. And so that's all I can say of this 21-year-old kid is sitting there with a bong full of acetone and he's doing that. Then And, and this guy was the stupid one who got caught. So he's sitting there at 7.30 a.m. behind the dollar store, Riverside PD, um, sees something unusual, contact the guy. And he's sitting there, of course, at 7.30 in the morning. Of course he's doing meth it, because those guys sleep from noon to 1 a.m. Um, he sleeps all day because he's been honking meth all day. Uh, so, I mean, he sleeps all day, then he gets up at night, and this is when he's doing his work. So folks, don't write checks. Or at and, least put them in the mailbox. Don't put them, I mean, like the, the blue mailbox, not the one in, on your porch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, go drop it off there personally. Save the postage, whatever. You know, but I mean, there's people that still have a firm belief in the U.S. Post Office, and you know, and, and that's the way things used to be. You know, just just don't do that. How are you with the uh, cashless society? I you know don't. what? More and more, I'm I'm all over it. I love it. Oh, I, I love it. PayPal. I love my PayPal account. And you know what I love about it the most? Because it is so much better than saying "f you," homeless guy. <laughs> Well, they go, oh, do you have any spare cash? I, I don't have any cash. You know, I'm not lying. I don't have any cash. It's none of their business. I've been to two uh, lodging places in the, uh, on a little road trip, and uh, neither would accept any form of cash. Oh, really? I was like, are you kidding me? 
No cash. No, I, I. You know, I. I'm because I'm a gentleman. When people say, "Do you have any spare cash?" I, you know, I want to say, spare "I." Cash. I have. I have cash coming out of my ass. Okay, I am. My <laughs> pants are filled with cash. You're not getting any. No, because I earn my cash at my job, and then I take the little green rectangles down to a store to trade to for food to put in my head hole. So hell no. But no, I go. Ah, I, you always do the pocket pat. No, I. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, no. Mm, no. All right, well, we'll be back. Hour number two of Super Hyper Local Sunday, including a in-depth rundown of the World Cup with uh, El Sportsball Caliente. Kevin Figures will be next hour as well. KFI AM 640 more stimulating talk radio. You know how hard that is to tell somebody you're too old to insert thing here? Super Hyper Local Sunday with Brian Suits. Well, we start with breaking news from Hollywood. People stabbing. Uh, it looks like we're coming to a stop out here. The door is open. This guy is getting out of the vehicle. What? Oh, he's got a gun. He has got a gun. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is not going to end very well. That's why I'm voting for Eric Garcetti. Super Hyper Local Sunday with Brian Suits on KFI. KFI AM 640 more stimulating talk. It is Super Hyper Local Sunday. Brian Suits in here till 10 p.m. with all of the things that float to the top. And man, I will tell you what. Um, here, here's how this works. If you step forward, even yes, I understand you volunteer. You vo- you volunteer to accept great responsibility with great responsibility, uh, or is is great responsibility. What am I trying to say? Um, And that's why, for instance, uh, police, uh, doctors, judges, et cetera, are held to a a higher standard in personal responsibility. There is an FBI agent in Denver who's really, 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 really wishing maybe he had left his uh, off-duty piece in his vehicle or maybe uh, purchased more of a high-end holster. You got an update on him? I think aren't they talking about he's been tried. suspended, um, and 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 I was immediately I don't care that he's twenty nine and I don't care about the the path he took, uh, and how hard it is and rigorous to become an FBI agent. That should be the reason that you don't take your gun drinking, uh, if you're going to do dip s backflips. But he did it, and he and here's the thing. Uh, he had a negligent discharge and wounded a civilian. That that's, that's the un- reason I come down hard on that guy. That's unbelievable. If the gun had just fallen out and not discharged, because it doesn't, guns don't just go off by themselves. What? No problem. He would have said, uh, "It's okay, folks. I'm an off-duty FBI guy. I'm really, I'm really stupid. Whatever, you know." But he 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 retrieved the weapon with his finger on the trigger. Pow! Shoots a guy in the foot. Uh, I don't know what the FBI is going to do. Uh, he'll they'll be sued. You know the whole thing. Fine. L.A. Sheriff's Department. Saturday night, um, we got a guy, six months on the department, 26-year-old, um, brand-new deputy. I, I guess that means he's still in that period where he works at the, at the jail because they have to do that. You have to do at least two years in, the, uh, in corrections. Um, and I, I know the, uh, the pros and the cons on that, believe me. Um, so anyway, Palmdale, um, guy's been drinking. Uh, he bounces his car off a whole bunch of parked cars. And, well, let's just let Leanne Souter from uh, Channel 7 
forgot the call letters. Uh, tell uh, us what happened after that. Damaging end to that deputy's career over before it really began, and this is why. Take a live look over my shoulder here. Wait a minute. Who made her the sheriff? Who? 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 who, who what do you mean his career is over? A dangerous and damaging end to that deputy's career over before it really began, and this is why. Take a live look over my shoulder here. This is just one of the nearly half dozen cars he's accused of damaging by allegedly driving. There, there's a row of cars. This is the deputy that the have damage. On the street side and the rear. Nicholas Smith. It's heavy damage. Yeah. It's Department not just a little swipe. And his pickup is just trash. Under in the, the, front. Influence. the 24 year old was off duty early this morning. 20, I said 26, he's 24. And they're showing him last night, early this morning. Um, he's uh, talking to CHP. CHP responded to this uh, because they have to. The agencies don't investigate you know, themselves. So CHP shows up in, in Palmdale, and the guy isn't cuffed yet. And he's talking to the CHP guy. They get that that B roll. They don't they don't have a recording of what he's saying, but uh, he's speaking and he looks lucid and the whole thing. Uh, but not a little later. Morning, when investigators say he veered off the road in his truck in Palmdale and crashed into five parked vehicles, a chain reaction accident that left a lot of damage in its wake. At least three of those vehicles belonging to just one family. Motor vehicles traveling northbound on 30th Street. And this is uh, this is CHP discussing the case. Uh, the additional parked cars into each other. Uh, as a result of the investigation, the driver was arrested on suspicion. So now they go to that on-scene TV. Those guys, those vultures that go around every accident and all that. Uh, or they will buy your video. They, now the next piece of footage they show, again, it's 2 a.m. or whatever it was, 1 a.m. in Palmdale last night. Now the guy is hooked up. Now he's handcuffed, and he's wearing some, like, five-kilometer fun run T-shirt or something, a blue T-shirt, and he's bawling. I mean, he is, he is absolutely bawling. He is handcuffed. He knows that he's going to take a ride, and he's going to be booked by people he probably knows, um, either, at, you know, Palmdale or downtown, probably Palmdale. But he's, he's handcuffed, and he's just yelling F-bombs. He is just he and you can see on this guy's face whatever it was he thought his life was going to do, whatever path he was going to be on in law enforcement and L.A. County Sheriff's Department, the age of 24. So he got hired at 23 or whatever, completed the academy. That's pretty young. That's a lot of people lateral after years somewhere else. So this guy was starting at the ground floor at the age of 23. Now, six months later, he's 24. And he is—he drank enough, evidently, to to allegedly uh, damage these five cars. And he knows full well that L.A. County is zero tolerance. They there's—they don't sit around and put you on desk duty and wait for the verdict or whatever. Uh, not at all. And so he is bawling because whatever it was he thought he was going to do with his life, if it was wear a badge for L.A. County, that ain't happening. To you, I. Now, Smith, who appeared to be visibly upset, remained at the scene where he was taken into custody. The good news in all of this is that no one was injured in the crash. The 24-year-old is being held on $30,000 bail. He's due back in court, or due in court, I should say, June 19th. Now the punchline. Back live now, the Sheriff's Department says that Smith has now been relieved of duties, no longer with the Sheriff's Department. Ouch! It's Sunday. I mean, he was he was hooked up just hours before. Obviously, it's Palmdale. He's booked into Palmdale. You can't hide this. It's not like it happened in Montreal. 
Um, they know immediately, and here on a Sunday, they announced that he is terminated. Um, and and by the way, when you when you sign on, even with the union, the whole thing, you you pre agree to that that there's no arbitration. There's there you don't get a side to that. There's, no no wait for conviction either. No, and you can't sit down and say, but I had a really bad day. You know, I mean, uh, Argentina tied with you know freaking whatever. You you, um, you, you can't uh, you you uh, with Iceland one one. I mean, where'd that come from? You can't. It's you. The arrest is cause for termination, uh, and so this guy. I mean, and and that it's hard to watch that video because this twenty four year old guy, the entire arc of his life just changed because he ain't going in law enforcement. And that's not not to say he can't reapply somewhere else. Um, however. Look what he did when given a chance. And this is why, like I say, uh, with great responsibility, uh, you know, if you don't understand that and you say, oh, come on, man, it's Denver. Let's go drinking. What's what's the worst that can happen? And your gun falls out or whatever. If you're not taking that that seriously, then um, then you you shouldn't. That's the bottom line. You shouldn't be wearing that badge. No, this guy's only 24. 24. But but the other guy was 29, Mm. you said, the FBI guy? Yeah, the FBI guy. And, and you know why? Because to get in the FBI, you take you have to be an accountant or an attorney. You know, it's a long, long ride to get in the FBI. And the guy with with one twenty five cent nine millimeter bullet just f's his uh, FBI career. This guy, twenty four years old, <clears throat> you know, one or eight beers too many, and he goes bouncing down a road in Palmdale. And uh, everything he thought he was going to do for the next couple of years is all done. And you can see, and that's why that. The emotion on his face when he is bawling, knowing, you know, there's cameras on him, the whole thing. This guy, he's, it looks like a big guy, you know, big deputy, 24 years old, working in the jail. All th- he's bawling like, like my, my daughter hasn't cried like that since she was four, except for the dead animals. Um, and and uh, no, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to watch, but you got to have standards and it sucks, but it's, you know, the well, guy has no one to blame but himself. That's pretty darn reckless. He could have killed someone. Yeah. If he's, you're out of that he, He's lucky. That's, if there's a silver lining, that's it, that he's not up on, on uh, vehicular manslaughter, uh, that he's, he's lucky he damaged a bunch of cars, and, and he's going to find a new career, but, and it's not going to be with the L.A. Sheriff. All right, back in a minute. It is Super Hyper Local Sunday. Brian suits in here until 10 p.m. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Michael Chappé with the news. Six forty more stimulating talk. It is super hyper local Sunday. Brian suits in here until ten p.m. at nine thirty. We'll be joined by El Caliente Sports Ball Kevin Figures, who knows everything about soccer. Really, uh, it's his fabric. It's uh, he lives and breathes the soccer. So we will talk to him about the opening weekend of the uh, World Cup there in Russia. Meanwhile, back here, super hyper tragic. Uh, a couple of. Uh, murders to tell you about this one on Friday afternoon around 5 p.m. San Bernardino, a 17-year-old juvenile walked into the gas station on Orange Show Road and E Street, demanded money from the 30-year-old clerk, Bashu Suleiman, who was working as a cashier. According to San Bernardino Police Department, the clerk was shot after he refused to give money to the robbery suspect. The victim did not resist and opened the register, police stated in a press release. The suspect became angry, walked around the counter, and shot Solomon one time. 
The teen then took the cash from the register and ran off, according to authorities. Soloman, though wounded, went after the suspect outside the store and jumped on his back. But the suspect managed to get away and ran south on E Street, police said. The clerk, who was a married father of two, suffered a single gunshot wound. Responding officers rendered first aid. Uh, Emergency medical officials arrived and transported him to a local hospital. He died about an hour after the shooting, authorities said. Colton PD officers were told the suspect was last seen running towards Fairway. Uh, They found a person matching the description of the shooter under the 215 freeway. Uh, After making contact with him, they discovered a matching firearm down the front of his shorts. Other evidence was also located on him, and he was arrested for homicide. It was a 17-year-old doing this uh, and a family uh, here on Father's Day. Not that it wouldn't be any more tragic any other day, but uh, but, uh, now uh, dead. Uh, in Van Nuys, well, um, what did we say? Did you, do you, do you, if you watched news over the weekend, you, you might have seen <clears throat> some of the footage uh, on this. But a 30-year-old suspect uh, at a uh, homeless outreach uh, place at a Van Nuys church just went wacky, I guess, at 1 p.m. Shortly Yesterday, shortly after 1 p.m., L.A. Fire Department firefighters responded to reports of a stabbing. Uh, They found the 30-year-old suspect armed with a sharp object that he'd already used to injure a female victim. LAPD uh, arrived. The suspect grabbed a second female victim and held the sharp object to her neck, according to a witness. And it looked like, if you saw it on TV, it looked like a bayonet or something. It wasn't a machete. They said it was a foot long. Yeah. I mean, it looked like a Circa Battle of Gettysburg bayonet or something. So he's run one woman through. Now he has a hostage. Plus a folding chair, a metal folding chair that he's using uh, as a shield. The officers, uh, this is according to Ca- uh, Commander Alan Hamilton of the LAPD. Um, as he held the sharp object to her neck, officers opened fire, striking the suspect and the victim. The suspect was pronounced dead at a local hospital. The woman was listed in critical condition. Uh, this is what uh, Commander Hamilton of LAPD said, quote, The officers thought that he was going to kill her, so they took immediate action. An officer involved shooting occurred. Both the victim and suspect were struck by gunfire from our officers. Uh, the two female stabbing victims were also transported to a hospital. One of them was in in critical condition. The other suffering non-life-threatening injuries. Uh, no officers were, were involved. Um, minutes before police arrived on the scene, video showed the suspect had a chair in one hand and a long knife in the other. Uh, 11 to 12 inches long, serrated edge, sharp. This is according to witness James Shepard. You know, like you used to cut roast beef. So it sounds like, because this is a place where they serve meals, and it sounds like maybe he acquired the weapon in there. Was he homeless? Uh, yeah. Oh. Homeless and crazy. Hmm. Again, I, I get it, Mayor Garcetti. I, I get it. it. Being homeless is not a crime. I agree. Being homeless is not a crime. Threatening uh, the law-abiding citizens of Los Angeles, who apparently you're not interested in protecting, that's the crime. Um, and so here's here is another homeless guy who uh, attacked a people, attempted murder. And in case you're wondering, stabbing somebody in the neck with an 11-inch serrated knife, that I think that falls under the umbrella of attempted murder. So LAPD are in that position where they got to do what they got to do. And uh, this is not SWAT, and these are guys with handguns, and they they hit the uh, the, the hostage who's in front of the guy. Uh, so anyway, that that happened. I, I'm not sure if it's going to be a kerfuffle on Monday or not, but it's another uh, another uh, interaction with the homeless here in uh, Los Angeles. Guy making fentanyl in Thousand Oaks. 
We will not talk to him next. We'll talk to Kevin Figures, uh, El Sportsball Caliente, but we'll tell you about this a little later on. 22-year-old not blowing up his dad's garage by making uh, hash oil. This guy was flat out making fentanyl. Um, that will be coming up. But when we come back, we will learn. We'll, we'll do a deep dive with Kevin Figures, uh, the, the recognized expert of the football uh, at our sister station, AM570 KLAC, your home of the Doyers, uh, right down the hall. Right after this is Super Hyper Local Sunday. Brian sits in here until 10, KFI AM640. More stimulating talk. Michael Chappé with the news. KFI am 640 more stimulating talk. It is super hyper local Sunday. Brian sits in here until 10 p.m. And it's time to check that box. You know, when you think soccer, World Cup, Team Mexico, and uh, radio, you think of our sister station, AM570 KLAC, your home of the Dodgers. And, of course, uh, who floats up to the top of that discussion? Kevin Figures, El Sportsball Caliente. This is why he earned the the name El Sportsball Caliente because he has his he has El Finger right on the football. Uh, and so uh, we, if we have time, we can talk about uh, the uh, the Dodgers and the U.S. Open and all that. But um, well, Team Me- Team Mexico uh, wins, and there was um, there was unrest in Pacoima. Did you hear that? No, I didn't hear about that. And by the way, if I have my finger on the football, that will be a penalty, Brian. That would. would like that. So that's I'm, illegal. That, that's, it's yeah, an that entire, work for me. It's an entire sport where it's illegal to use your hands. That's why it's yet another reason why it should be banned from America. <laughs> exactly. Well, that and on top of the fact that they end in ties. And who the hell wants that? Yeah. Oh, Kevin by the way. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Kevin, you're breaking for the goal and you're hustling faster than the other team. I think I'll kick the ball ahead of you so you can have a free shot at the goal. Oh, that's offsides. Yeah, because who will want a fast break where you can score goals and have fun, exciting plays and actually score points? Nobody wants that. And they wonder why soccer is not as popular in the United States, although it's gaining popularity. But uh, still not as exciting as, say, oh, basketball or well, football. Been, they've been saying this since 1972, by the way. <laughs> but, okay, But sure. uh, regardless of the inherent flaws with the beautiful game uh, and, and the fact that there's 330 million people on the face of this earth who could not give less of a poop about uh, soccer, and we're called Americans. Nevertheless, uh, there, there it is, 10 hours ahead of us. I don't know. Do you have any? I, I got to say, I think it would be cool to see Mexico you know, uh, uh, overturned all the snooty Europeans and all that and sort of upset the, the apple cart. Yeah, no doubt. Now, Landon Donovan, I don't know if you saw this, he actually got some heat. Of course, he's an American hero when it comes to, to soccer, one of the great American soccer players of all time. Uh, he says that he was adopting Mexico as his official team of this World Cup, and people didn't take too kindly to that on Twitter, called him a traitor, a traitor to his country. And I was like, well, look, it's not like we're playing, to be honest with you. Our team wasn't good enough to qualify. If you want to have some sort of rooting interest, why not pick the closest club, the nation that's closest to us? But I guess some people weren't feeling that from Landon Donovan. He had, he had to tweet out an apology, as a matter really? of fact. Really? You mean the guy, the guy with the single most American appearances in World Cups <laughs> yeah. had to apologize for, for saying that? Who, by the way, was left off because of the a-hole coach last time was left off the team. Yeah, there was that. That, that was tough to live down, too. So, but- uh a little, little bit of hate for our guy, Landon Donovan. I understand what the guy's trying to do. So, so and But it was, a, it was a big win for Mexico, by the way. They beat Germany. Uh, for people who don't know, Germany has been a world power when it comes to soccer for, well, forever. 
uh, and they won the World Cup back in 2014, uh, and they were heavy favorites coming into this game. And the fact that Mexico, if Mexico would have tied this game, they would have been celebrating yeah. down in Mexico City. The fact that they actually won, this is probably the biggest victory in the history of that country in World Cups. Well, that's what they said. Only twice, have, and this was only the second time that Mexico has beaten the Deutschland. Uh, and so that so there were there was a huge no, I don't I don't want to call it a riot but the, the people poured out <laughs> bars in Pacoima at 10 a.m. LAPD was out there with riot police at 10 a.m. Uh, in Pacoima also then up in Fresno and Modesto and other places like that so so uh, that's the way that uh, that works. Well, uh, as long as it was all in good fun, hopefully there were no major injuries or anything were there. I no. haven't heard. No. Did you hear about uh, Adrian Hauser? The uh, Milwaukee Brewers brought a pitcher in in the eighth inning. It was news to him, a complete surprise, and he threw up all over the place. Did you hear about that? Not once, but twice. He threw up behind the mound. Here, here is the manager. What's his name? Greg Council, or what's his name? Council. Yeah, Craig Council. Like one of the one of the most unique batting stances I've <clears throat> ever seen. Craig Council. Yes, so, he's the manager. So, so here's the thing. He's avoiding saying the obvious. He doesn't want to use the word hangover, but here's how he describes why his pitcher was uh, was was hurling <laughs> uh, in the eighth inning. It was just a. I think for Adrian today, it was just kind of a combination <clears throat> of a bunch of factors. Mm-hmm. He wasn't. He wasn't. You know, I know he was physically sick, but he did, he wasn't under the weather at all. Then what was it? It was you know early wake up call, not enough food, uh-huh. heat. Uh-huh. Um, you know. Probably a little nerves from from getting to the big leagues today. So, yeah. um, you know, there wasn't very much coming out. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a food. It wasn't a food thing. <laughs> it's almost, he doesn't believe himself. His guy was hung over. You can hear the uh, the uncomfortable chuckle at the very end of it. He's kind of like, yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about, but I can't really say it. Oh yeah, oh. Ab- ab- absolutely. He knows. He knows full well they're not buying this. You know, there wasn't very much coming out. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a food. It wasn't a food thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, we've all been there. Uh, if if you if the the day after, if you choose to drink on a weeknight or something stupid like that, it catches right. up to you the next day. And yeah, nothing comes out. That's how you know it's a hangover drunk. I mean, hangover vomit. Yeah, it's the worst part of it when you're a professional athlete, and you're. Uh, that's the part about being a relief pitcher that I guess is tough. You don't know when your number is going to be called unless you pitch like five innings the previous night or something. But I mean, if you're a guy in that position, you might pitch tonight. You may not pitch for a week. Yeah, so you, you might want to give it a pass when 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 you're the other relief pitchers say, "Hey, we're going to hang out in the lounge and see what we can pull up to our rooms and whatever." You say, "No, no, I'm on the dime. I might be pitching tomorrow. You guys, like, you yeah, go have fun." That, you say, yeah, I haven't pitched in three days, so that I might be I might be on the call up there. So I'm a pass tonight, but apparently not. So um, uh, all right, well, the entire world, of course, it's been ten years since Tiger Woods has won a major. Did he win the U.S. Open? Is he wearing the U.S. Open's <laughs> green blazer today? Uh, not even close. Oh. Tiger Woods didn't even make the cut. To be honest, yeah, that's how bad it was. And honestly, this was a bad course. Now I'm not an avid golfer when it comes to that, but the course was playing pretty badly. All weekend, up until today, when they made some some adjustments, they wet the field a little bit and made the track easier to play. So much easier that guys are just obliterating records for the course all the way throughout. So all the players are complaining on Saturday, saying how tough the greens were and how balls that normally would have been birdies were rolling off into the rough. So they overcompensated today at the U.S. Open and made things way, way too easy. But a guy named Brooks Kepka, who or Kopka, excuse me, he won the U.S. Open last year. He also won it this year, first guy to repeat in what since the 1980s, I believe. Uh, so it's been a long time. 
go. Maybe and I, looking at the U.S. Open. A witness said this about Tiger Woods. You know, there wasn't very much coming out. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a food. It wasn't a food thing. <laughs> <laughs> so there. Uh, there you go. Uh, and sp- like speaking of puking, uh, the Doyers uh, n- not uh, not so bueno today against uh, my Giants. Well, you can't win every single game. They did win the series from your San Francisco Giants. It's there, Father's so it, Day. It is. So it's Father's. So that makes the worst thing that much worse. Is that what it is? Yeah. It makes the lost thing. All right. I guess so. If that's what you want to take home from a Brian, Mr. Giant fan, that's all good. The Dodgers have only lost six games in the last 28, which last time I checked is pretty damn good. Yes, yeah, pretty um, damn good. But it's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day at my house because Giants won. Well, at least there is that, Brian. I'm yeah. gl- you know what? I'm glad that you at least had a good Father's Day. So if there was one game for the Giants, for the Dodgers, excuse me, to lose in this series, I guess it would have been today. And so uh, congratulations. And then also, I heard that you guys are sister station down the hall, AM570 KLAC. You're on LeBron Watch. We are officially on LeBron watch, and now we're on Kawhi Leonard watch as well. The San Antonio Spurs superstar forward reportedly wants to be traded to the Lakers uh, this uh, coming offseason as well. So the draft is coming up next week on Thursday, as a matter of fact. So we'll see if any deals get done. And, of course, LeBron James, the big name floating out there, people believe that this could be another super team in the making. If LeBron James can find a way to get to Los Angeles, get Kawhi Leonard to come out there with him along with Paul George, could have a team that you can feel that can compete with the Golden State Warriors going in to next year. Yeah, but then LeBron would have to buy a huge house out here and transfer his kids to private schools. Oh, how awful. Oh, wait. Awful life for him. Wait a minute. He's already done that. He's already done that. Exactly. Uh, all right. Well, uh, you know what they say. <laughs> That's what they say. Um, all right. Uh, Kevin Figures it can be heard every day on the Petros and Money Show. Also, the FNA podcast on iHeartRadio, anywhere you download your podcast. Uh, and also, uh, he's on Twitter. What's your Twitter feed again? I just followed you today. It's at KFig1. That's K-F-I-G-G numeral one. And uh, as always, seen on going Rogan all the time. Yes, sir. Um, and you're the one going. <laughs> well, there we go. Uh, all right. All uh, th- thanks for, for uh, chiming in. We'll talk to you soon. All right. You got it, Brian. Thanks. Right. When we come back, guy in Thousand Oaks making fentanyl. Does anyone here know the guy? Does anyone here live in Thousand Oaks? Well, we'll go around the horn on that one. Uh, it's Super Apple Local Sunday. Brian Suits in here until 10 p.m. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Michael Chappé with the news. Funny, KFI AM 640 more stimulating talk. It is Super Hyper Local Sunday wrapping up your weekend. You know, you now know all the stuff that you need to know. All the fascinating stories. But there is one final story. Uh, from Thousand Oaks, uh, we draw this particular scene. 22-year-old guy in an apartment complex cooking up fentanyl. Anthony Albert, 22-year-old, uh, in the 100 block of West Avenida de los Arboles uh, in an apartment uh, uh, complex. Thousand Oaks Patrol deputies originally responded to a call for service at the apartment complex before noticing numerous glass vials filled with unknown liquids and a variety of chemistry equipment, including glass beakers and distillation devices. This is stuff yeah, you know, like meth requires really caustic, dangerous chemicals to make. And a lot of times they have to condemn the buildings it was in and all this. Fentanyl is not quite at that level, but it's pretty damn close. And, and the idea that people, you know, next door to you or you share a common wall are, are making it. And then, oh, by the way, pouring the excess just down the drain, um, which is what they do. Narcotic detectives with the PCU, the Pharmaceutical Crimes Unit, confirmed a hazardous drug manufacturing lab 
was present and a search warrant for the residence was obtained. Uh, authorities seized a loaded shot gun from the apartment uh, as well. So he posted bail and was released from custody pending his court appearance. Didn't so, know you could make fentanyl in your home. I, like 50 times more powerful than heroin. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, just in your apartment, just, just there. I guess I, I don't know. What, project. What would you rather have? The, the, the wealthy Malibu kids making hash in their dad's garage, blowing it up. Or the uh, or the fentanyl. I don't know. It's a um, uh, it's a unique problem here to the Southland. And by the way, if you're in Oxnard and you have a 1990s Honda, you might want to super double lock it because uh, the Oxnard PD says there's an increase in thefts of 1990s Honda Accord and Civic vehicles. So keep it locked. Never leave your car running and unattended. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> you know the drill. Um, so uh, we do have to go a little north uh, on this one. San Jose, the Santa Clara Sheriff's Office says two women, including a student teacher, are accused of having sex with underage boys. Investigators say the self-described, quote, sexual deviant best friends, close quote, were arrested Thursday. Talia Sisko and Tina Porani, pictured here, hot, uh, are accused of having unlawful sexual intercourse with 15- and 16-year-old boys. For years. Years? <laughs> no, no. But those things, remember, those things always go on for weeks or months, and then some kid. Has to brag. Yeah. And they, it's suspected that the women had sex with dozens of boys. It's like over months, and there's always the one kid who either brags or he blabs. One, one of the two. Investigators believe there may be other victims in Santa Clara County are asking people to come forward with information. <laughs> Uh, and, and I mean, here's the thing. I get it. I know it's just it's underage. It's, it's, it's not good. It's bad. It's, it's very very bad. Yeah. But I I've heard people say that deep down, no one will say it out loud. But we just do know that there's a difference between some dirtbag predatory older man doing that to teenage girls, lying and seducing them and all that, versus 23 year old student teachers who could pass for 17. And didn't, didn't they brag too, saying that they were going to burn in hell for what they what they did? They were, I think, boasting oh, about really? it. Oh, really? Oh, that's I, you I, I saucy saw, vixens. I saw something like that. Did they really? That wow. They were joking around, you know. Rear. Um, well, anyway, luckily those miscreants are in the hands of the law, and uh, that. Uh, uh, Brian. Yes. Uh, sorry, sorry to cut in. Uh, we got, actually just got a phone call in for you. That's what that call was, and they're they're waiting on hold to talk to you. So. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, I think they're good to. I just take that on. Are there. you serious? Yeah. <laughs> is this a comedy bit? Hello, is this uh, Talia? Hey, Dad, we have breaking news. Pretty, pretty breaking news over here. We have an attack on all dads today, a love attack. But the biggest one is in the studio from Mom, me, Wyatt, Bella, Smitty, Okay, that, and, uh, this is this listener? is big. This is big boy in real ninety two. Did you mean to call Brian Suits? <laughs> yep. Oh, all right. And that was listener. awesome. All right. This is my lovely daughter Reagan uh, calling. Hi. You didn't hear the story I was just reading, did you? No. Oh, good. Okay, I say. Now it is a happy Father's Day. Well, thank you, sweetie. We had a lovely day in Tehachapi, didn't we? Yep. 
We saw the Tehachapi Loop. Happy listener, please tell your dad have a happy Father's Day. Yeah, random listeners, tell your fathers to have a happy Father's Day. All right, sweetie. I'll, 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 well, actually, you should be in bed or else I'm a bad parent, but we know what's going to happen when I get home. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, sweet dreams. I love you. I love you, sweetie. I'll see you soon. Isn't it summertime, too? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, okay. who cares? What the heck? You know? Uh, all right, sweetie, bye. Um, speaking bye. of F- Father's Day, uh, by the way, uh, uh, am I putting you on the spot? Uh, your dad is going to be uh, here doing sports starting Thursday. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rich Murata. Big Rich Murata. That's right. He's uh, going to be filling in for Wayne Resnick on the Bill Handel morning show until the uh, end of June. And, and he, he's not going to be in Reno. He will be here. That's right. He's in studio. No he's annoying delay. Down, that's right. Yeah, down in L.A. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, well, so thanks to Joey Murata and Josh Saylor and Michael Chappé and my lovely daughter Reagan for calling in uh, and, uh, and my wife. And we will uh, see you Tuesday for Tactical Tuesday in, in here with Bill Handel again. Um, tomorrow night I'm on Fox Business at 5 o'clock with Kennedy. Tuesday night I'm at the Hollywood Improv. And go to my pinned tweet and uh, you can buy tickets and we'll see you there for comedy and politics. Super Hyper Local Sunday, uh, June 17, 2018 edition out. KFI AM640, more stimulating time.